Hello, and welcome to the History of Haiti. We ended last episode with the second commissioners, Suthano and Poverell, being called back to France to stand trial for their conduct in Saint-Dumont. In this episode, I want to discuss events back in France in the specific context of how they affect Saint-Dumont. In September of 1793, before the commissioners were recalled back to France to stand trial, but after Suthano had issued the Emancipation Proclamation, Suthano appointed a six-man commission to sail back to France and defend the actions of him and his colleague Pauvrel. The members of this commission would also serve as delegates to represent Saint-Dumont in the National Convention, the current governing body of France. In specific, Suthano hoped that this commission would persuade the National Convention to ratify the Emancipation Proclamation. As not to confuse anyone, there is the second commission, made up of Suthano and Polverell, and which has nothing to do with the first commission, which I talked about in episode 7, and has nothing to do with the upcoming third commission, which I will talk about later this episode. The second commission controls Saint-Dumont and appointed the Tricolor Commission to go back to France. The Tricolor Commission got its name because of the six men who composed it. Two were white, two were colored, two were black. One of the black delegates is particularly fascinating, and so I will introduce him. Jean-Baptiste Belly was born in Senegal in the mid-1740s. Belly was sold to French slavers, but eventually managed to buy his own freedom. Belly enlisted in the military and served in the American War of Independence as part of the French Expeditionary Force that I mentioned in Episode 4. Belly was loyal to the Second Commission and was promoted to a captain of infantry by the Second Commissioners. He fought in the Battle of Le Cap to defend the Commissioners and was selected as one of two black delegates on the Tricolor Commission. The Tricolor Commission did not sail directly for France, choosing to stop at the United States first. They arrived in Philadelphia in early November and entered into a city filled with hatred for them. During the June exodus that followed the Battle of Le Cap and emancipation being declared, many whites fled the colony and sailed for the United States. These whites hated the Second Commissioners and the Tricolor Commissioners. When the Tricolor Commission landed in Philadelphia, an angry mob stormed the ship and ransacked Belly's quarters. In response, the Tricolor Commission sailed up to New York, which had a significantly smaller white Saint-Dumont refugee population. There, the Tricolor Commissioners were recognized by the United States as legitimate representatives of France, making Belly the first black to be recognized as an official government representative in the United States. In New York, the Tricolor Commissioners decided to split up. Three delegates, one white, one colored, and one black, Belly, would be put on a fast messenger boat that would take them to France. So it's been a while since I mentioned events back in France, and a lot has happened since then. Way back in August of 1792, the French monarchy was overthrown, as I mentioned in episode 8, the Second Commission. After the French monarchy was overthrown, the National Convention, the current government of France, descended into a series of political battles between the modern Girondins, 
the political faction led by Jacques-Pierre Brousseau that had led the push to declare war on Austria and had appointed Suthineau and Polvoro, and their rivals, the Mountain, otherwise known as the Jacobins. The Jacobins, one, killed the previous king and started a reign of terror against their political enemies. The Girondins were executed. People associated with the Girondins were executed. Moderates were executed. I forgot to mention it, but before the Tricolor Commission was appointed, Suthineau and Polvoro had already received a recall order that they had ignored. Had they listened to the recall order, it's more than likely that they would have been tried and executed upon returning to France. As Suthineau and Polverell were both Girondins, and now looked like they were to blame for all the chaos and destruction in Saint-Dumont. But then, in December of 1793, just before the Tricolor Commission arrived in France, Correspondence between Saint-Dumont Big Whites and the British were published, and then news reached Paris that the British had began an invasion of Saint-Dumont. This made the colonial Big Whites look like the traitors who were fighting against France, and it made Suthineau's Emancipation Decree look like a justified response to defend the colony. When the Tricolor Commissioners arrived in Paris, they were accepted into the National Convention as delegates representing Saint-Dumont, making Belly the first black legislature in French history. The next day, the white delegate, a guy named Dufay, gave a speech in defense of Suthineau's Emancipation Decree. Dufay ignored the moral reasons for emancipation, Focusing on the practical benefits of emancipation, he claimed that the colony of Saint-Dumont would be far more productive now that the slaves were free, and argued that the slaves would play a critical role in the defense of the colony. After Dufay's speech and several other speeches, the president of the National Convention said that the convention should not, quote, dishonor itself by a long discussion, unquote. It was put to a vote, and emancipation was passed unanimously. The official law reads, quote, The National Convention decrees slavery abolished throughout all the colonies. Consequently, it decrees that all men, without distinction of color, domiciled in the colonies, are French citizens, and entitled to the enjoyment of all the rights secured by the Constitution. Referred to the Committee of Public Safety, for it to report immediately on the measures that will be taken for the execution of this decree, unquote. This brings us to where we ended last episode, with Suthineau and Polverell receiving the news that the National Convention had ratified the Emancipation Decree, but also receiving the news that they were being recalled back to France. While Suthineau and Polverell were sailing back to France, the National Convention made a major conservative turn. At this point, the National Convention had ceased to be the governing authority of France, and a 12-man committee dominated by one Maximilien Robespierre now controlled France. The committee had begun a massive reign of terror that made them rather unpopular with the French people and the National Convention. This all came to a head when Robespierre gave a speech claiming to have uncovered a plot against the Committee of Public Safety inside the National Convention, and members of the National Convention 
fearing that they would be executed, went into revolt and used an angry mob to storm the meeting hall of the Committee of Public Safety, arresting Robespierre and his allies and declaring the Committee of Public Safety dissolved. Radical Jacobins inside the National Convention were purged, and a coalition of what history calls Thermidorians arose to power. This coalition was far more conservative than Robespierre and his allies had been, and they ended the terror Robespierre had waged against his political opponents. The Thermidorians would eventually form a new government known as the Directory, that would end up almost unanimously despised and rolling in corruption, although this government would last for a good five years before it was overthrown. Southeneau and Polverel arrived in Paris, and they were put under arrest. The Thermidorians set up a committee to investigate the actions of the Second Commission. The committee took forever to sift through the mountains of evidence regarding the Second Commission's conduct, and during this time, Etienne Polverel sadly died. In the story of the Haitian Revolution, the Second Commission changed everything. Polverel was on the Second Commission, and while he is often viewed as almost a mere footnote in comparison to Suthano, Polverel did do a lot in his own right. So goodbye, Etienne Polverel. Eventually, almost a year after the committee had set out to investigate Suthano and Polverel's conduct in Saint-Dumont, they ruled not guilty. Suthano was acquitted of all charges. Part of the reason for this was that the war had built up a sense of nationalism within France, and the new directory now believed that the colonies should be ruled under the same laws as France itself. And they wrote into the constitution that established the directory that there would be no distinction between the colonies and France itself. It was around this time that Spain capitulated in the war against France. In the Treaty of Basel, Spain made peace with France and agreed to give Spanish Santo Domingo to France. I will talk more about the ramifications of this within Saint-Dumont next episode. In early 1796, the Directory appointed a new commission, known as the Third Commission, to go to Saint-Dumont and establish diplomatic relations between France and Saint-Dumont, curb the power of Louverture, who was now dominating the colony, and oversee the transfer of power within Santo Domingo from Spain to France. This commission included five men. Suthenau got a seat on this commission, as too did Julian Raymond who I talked about in episode 5. He was a free colored who had lobbied for equal rights for the coloreds. Julian Raymond was almost put on the second commission, but wasn't. After that, Raymond was thrown in prison for his connections to the Durandans, but was released after the fall of Robespierre. Also on the commission were three whites, Girbeau, who was weak and would sail back to France, Le Blanc, who would die under suspicious circumstances in Saint-Dumont, and, let's see how badly I butchered the pronunciation of this, Philippe Rose Room de Saint-Laurent, who I will be referring to as Room. Room had been on the first commission, 
way back in the summer of 1791. These five men would form the Third Commission, which would arrive in Saint-Dumont in May of 1796. Next episode, I want to jump back to after the Second Commission left Saint-Dumont, and so we'll probably not get to discussing the Third Commission next episode, but we will see the Spanish finally leave Saint-Dumont. Mm-hmm.